Hello everyone, and welcome back to Mrs. Miller and her marvelous students. First, I'd like to begin by saying I'm very sorry for the unexpected hiatus on the episodes. As most teachers know, we're getting to that time of year where everything is hitting the fan, and I'm a teacher before I'm a podcaster, so that will always come first. For this week's episode though, I got to talk with one of my eighth grade yearbook students that I've had every year since she was in sixth grade, and our conversation went so well that I actually had to break it into two episodes. I hope you enjoyed the first part of our conversation, and without further ado, here is Helena. All right, my first question for you, which is usually my first question for everybody, is why did you sign up to do the podcast? Oh, um, I don't, I, okay, well, I feel like you're going to be kind of flattered by this answer, but I just kind of like hanging out with you, so I was like, I just hang out with Mrs. Miller, so, yeah. Oh, that makes my heart so happy. <laughs> I saw it, and I was like, yeah, I'll just, I'm going to hang out with Mrs. Miller for like a few minutes and just talk about stuff. I don't know. It sounded enjoyable. I mean, it, it like it always is fun because it's nice like not to talk about class <laughs> um, and kind of just get to know each other more. So I always love like having these conversations. So I'm so excited that you like just wanted to talk to me. <laughs> All right, cool. So um, I do have like kind of one well, I guess sort of two school-related questions, um, but the first one is, what is your biggest worry this year with school? Oh, okay, I know exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, it's the fact that, like, I'm scared that I'm not actually going to end up learning things, because I have, like, this thing, I get, like, really focused on a certain thing all day, where, like, today, like, I wasn't focusing in class very well because I was watching a TV show. So like, it like kind of stunted my focus. Like when I'm actually in school, it like stops me from like blocking those things. But then again, I like being online more than I like being in school because it's less people and I can like, when I do get to focus on school, I'm like going and going and going and I know exactly what I'm doing. But it's just hard for me to like, I have to put all of my energy into school and like get rid of all of other surroundings. But once I do that, um, I mean, it's pretty much gone. (laughs) Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, you know, sometimes it is nice um, being at home and in my own space to be able to work on things. Like, I feel like I really have gotten a lot done this year, but, you know, sometimes you do get distracted by things at home too. It's really, I think I talked about it with somebody else um, in like another episode, but it's hard to like jump back and forth between school mode and not school mode. Like when you're at home, it's hard to tell that difference. Yeah. I feel like I'm kind of lucky though, because I have like my own little office area. That's where I am right now. And I do all of my like working stuff in here. So I can, I kind of get to separate like my chilling, you know, just hanging out life. What, what I do in my room with my school work and everything which I do down here. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I know some people are not as lucky as me. I only have this room because I cleaned it. Um, My Mm -hmm. parents were like, if you can clean the room, you can have it. I was like, you know what? (laughs) I guess. I mean, that's awesome though. That's kind of how like my little closet, like I know it looks like really sad that I'm in a little closet most of the time, but I, I get 
it's easier for me to focus. Like I actually like being in smaller spaces um, because like, I don't know, like big open rooms are hard for me. Like my classroom is actually really hard for me to focus in sometimes to work, um, especially like when kids aren't in there because it's so big. Um, but like my little, my little closet is just like, I don't know. It, it It's like, it traps all my thoughts in. <laughs> yeah. There's less like things to look at in a smaller space. Like, I yeah. feel like in the classrooms, like we have like really nice windows and everything, but then I end up looking out the window instead of looking at my teacher. So I'm like, wow, that's a nice looking bird. And it's like, I'm learning about something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I know. I end up like looking at the geese outside <laughs> all of the geese yeah yeah that's funny now that I think about it like last year you faced away from the window like I didn't even realize that you like turned it so you weren't near the window that's funny <laughs> I remember my first year of your class I was like looking out the window half the time and I was like I have to stop this like focus on this little piece of paper that we're working on and I'm like I know that, that classroom was tough too because I feel like there was always you know people do like blowing the leaves or cutting the grass and stuff so that one like there was always somebody outside so yeah yeah I I have to agree that it's definitely a little bit easier to focus on what you want to focus on it's just getting yourself to do it sometimes is a little bit tough All right, and then this one's like kind of related to school, but kind of not. Um, I know that you're super involved with musical and everything and, you know, the theater stuff that we do at school. Um, I didn't know if you were kind of in the know, like, has there been any talk or plan about what's going on with this year? So we haven't, okay, I was actually just talking to Miss Bircher about this. So a little, little scoop. My phone is ringing. I'm so sorry. It's um, okay. Um, but yeah, I was just talking to Miss Bircher about this. We haven't really planned anything out, but we are setting a date to get everyone together. Uh, and we'll be like just hanging out with each other because it's been a while since we've done anything. The last thing we did was cell block, uh, not cell block tango, but it was, it was quarantine tango because that's, it was a little parody version that we all pitched in together to help, right? But, um, that was the last thing we did and that was last year that wasn't even this year but mm. I think this Friday we're having a meeting with each other so that's awesome all right well you'll have to keep me posted on you know what kind of comes of things because I loved the quarantine tango thing that was awesome um well cool yeah I I can't wait to see I she's like Miss Berger is just so creative with how she's been engaging you guys with things. So I'm so excited to see what you come up with for this year. Hopefully it'll be, I know it's not like the same as in person, like being together in the theater and stuff or like in the auditorium, but hopefully you'll still get to have some fun with it. It'll be a change, but like, it's, it's like the like nonverbal bond that theater people have with each other, especially when they're in the same productions a lot. Like we can get it done and we know we'll do it well. It just needs to get there first. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's so funny that you say the nonverbal bond. It, so I didn't do like theater or anything um, 
like in high school, but the college that I went to is a like really big, like performing arts school. So I had a lot of friends that were like in theater or did like dance and stuff like that. And it, I just like, I don't know, it threw me back to like thinking about them, like how they all sort of understood each other and all of that. So it's so funny that you say that. <laughs> the kind of thing where like, I'm in class with one of my friends and, oh, you know, we do theater together. And I'm trying to communicate something and everyone else is like, wait, what are you talking about? And I like point at something and my one friend's like, this is what she means. And everyone else is like, how do you know that? It's like, just do. <laughs> it's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you just, you spend so much time together too. Like you just, and it's time, like it's time where you are like getting to know each other's like little ticks and quirks and all of that so that it completely makes sense it's just it's funny I think I don't know if anything else is really like that though like I guess I think anything in the arts especially like physical arts where it's like people with each other what you spend so much time together and there's a lot of sweating and some crying and like a lot happens um injuries happen like we're all with each other for it so our brains kind of just start syncing with each other. So we're all thinking the same thing. Just say it five different ways. because We're all <laughs> different, but at the same time, we're all very similar. I guess the closest thing that I had probably um, was the newspaper in college. Um, there were, we had a lot of late Monday nights with each other where you just, because that was when we would publish, maybe it was Tuesday, I don't know, I think it was Tuesday, because I think we'd publish for Wednesday, um, and it's the same kind of thing, like, you just, you start to, like, know each other, and know what you're talking about, and it's funny with, like, that, because editors would be like, you know, this looks a little off, and, like, somebody else is like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing, and, you know, it's, it, I get that part of it. We're all thinking the same thing. It's just, <laughs> it's just the way of getting to that point of being like, oh yeah, we're all like thinking the same thing. It's just, it's a little different depending on what you're doing. Yeah. So, uh, sticking with musical, what would be your dream musical to act in and why? I always think about this. Um, I have so many that I would love to do. I have like a top three right now, I think, because it changes from time to time. But my top three, can I say my top three? Or do you want me to just keep it at one? No, just, you can say your top three. That's fine. Okay. My top three, it stems from my dancing, um, but it's the Adams Family. Uh, because last year I had my first, my first ever solo at um, a dance competition and I was Wednesday Adams and I did the song Pulled from the Adams Family musical. Um, and that got cut short because we only got to do one competition, but it like made me like really want to do that musical because I had to listen to the soundtrack a lot to get to know the characters and everything and like know what it was about. Uh, and it made me just absolutely adore the storyline. And I've always liked the Adams Family, but like that musical is like, very I just I want to do it so much I like that you just chef kissed that chef musical kissed. <laughs> I that's my one way of expressing things it's like yes <laughs> I do uh, then my second would probably be 
you, I don't know if anyone knows it because it's a very small musical, but the book is kind of big and the movie's like, oh, like it's somewhere. I don't know. I've never seen the movie, but some people know about it. Some people don't. It's Tuck Everlasting. Mm. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. read Tuck Everlasting. Um, yeah, but there's a musical. <laughs> I don't think I knew that there was a musical. Uh, I only found out about the musical because another one of my favorite musicals, one of the lead characters is one of the lead characters in that other musical. So I was like looking at like the shows that that person has done, that that person did. And I was like, what's this? And then I listened to it and I was like, this is really awesome. (laughs) It was just, it was really sad because it was only on Broadway for like three weeks, I think. Like, Oh, wow. That is a short run. It came out right when Hamilton was at its highest. (laughs) <laughs> budget uh, with like the sound and lights and the theater everything you had to rent it all out and pay the actors and everything so they like couldn't keep it up they had to cut the show short which was really upsetting because I really want to see it or be in it uh, but uh, I don't think that's ever going to happen <laughs> which is sad but you know I can enjoy it still <laughs> mm-hmm. and then my third one I've thought about this one a lot it's probably Beetlejuice I don't know whether I would. I don't know whether I would want to be Beetlejuice or Lydia, but like. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if you're sticking with the Adams family, if you were Wednesday Adams, I feel like Lydia is probably where you would go I with that vibe with it. Yeah, um, I just. I think it's because my dad is also like he's the person who first introduced me to Beetlejuice and the Adams family. So when I found out that they both had musicals, I was like, nice. Um, <laughs> But I I remember because last year on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, Beetlejuice performed. Mm-hmm. And I was watching it and I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, this is cool. And I've seen, I've watched a lot of videos about like the technology behind everything. Because mm-hmm. it was, they have like gigantic sandworms, of course. Uh, but like all of the tech behind it and all of the puppeteering, because there's puppeteering in it. It's like insane. And I'm like, this is so cool. I like, love mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I, I mean, I've obviously heard of, like, the musical and stuff, but I haven't really seen anything for it. But just thinking of the movie, like, I feel like it would have to be pretty insane <laughs> because of all the, like, kind of special effects that are in the movie and everything, too. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, like, it's a lot of, like, bright lights and scene changes and secret doors and hideaways, but mm-hmm. it's super cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. All right. You're like, I have three dream musicals. Honestly, it would be like any musical I've ever listened to. It's like, I that one. I want to be in that one. I'm going with all the reasons why I want to be in every musical to ever exist. But I feel like that's a little too long. So you you know, have mentioned and talked about like your competitive dancing and stuff. So what kind of competitive dancing do you do and how did you get started? Oh, okay. Um, so I'm trying to think of how to word this sentence. Um, I don't know why I'm having trouble with it, but I think the, well, my studio specializes, I'm with talking today um specializes in broadway style dancing but like so yeah i mean it's broadway style dancing so that's my main thing is musical theater and that's like my 
the class I excel and I feel like a lot of people they have like that one class that's like their thing and musical theater is definitely like the class I get in there and I'm like I'm here this is my time (laughs) (laughs) Um, which makes sense because that was my first ever solo like I said was a musical theater dance um but our our competition team is a lot smaller this year because last year it was like 60 something people and this year it's like 24 um (laughs) it's a lot back to our roots because our studio used to always have small competition teams but now uh then it then we didn't and now we do oh but how did i start it i just realized there was another part to that question um how did i start competition dancing i saw the audition and i was like that could be fun and then i did the audition i don't know i think there's not a lot to that story. I just kind of saw it and I was like, I could, you know, compete with my friends. Cool. Also watched a lot of Dance Moms as a kid. (laughs) I was going to say, this sounds very much like Dance Moms, which is in Pittsburgh. So, or at least it it was, I think they're like, what's the girl's name? Not Abby, but Gianna, her helper. I did a master Uh like a few years back. Wow. That was, it was terrifying. I was so afraid because that was my first ever masterclass. Uh, so it was a bunch of people from studios I didn't know. And then this one like all-star dancer. And I was like, uh, hi, <laughs> I don't know. Awesome. <laughs> it was terrifying, but it was really fun. We got to learn one of the dances. I don't remember what it was, but I had fun while I was there. <laughs> um, That's what matters. but honestly I think I just kind of saw the audition to be it was like company team auditions and I talked to my mom about it and she was like do you really want to do that and I was like yeah it sounds fun and then I auditioned and I the first year I was an apprentice apprentice which I don't think they do that anymore uh apprenticing um it was me and my best friend was also an apprentice so it was kind of cool we were kind of like hey um but it basically meant that all we did was the production number and we, you know, we watched everyone else and we went to all the rehearsals and everything, but mm-hmm. we just were there to observe and learn what it was like to be on the team, mm-hmm. which I honestly, I don't think they do it anymore, but I kind of wish they did because there's a lot of the little girls who it really gets to them. Like I see like the nervousness on their faces, like when it's their first year competing and they have to be in a dance with like four of four other people because the little girl we don't like let our like really little girls in to compete with us but like some of them like they have smaller dances because there's less people competing Mm -hmm. Uh, and they the nerves really get to them that's kind of wish they could apprentice for a year because honestly like it helped me a lot with Mm -hmm. only one dance being just this big dance with a bunch of other people that I knew it helped like a lot with the nerves and like getting used to it and then when I finally did get to do other dances I was like okay this is good let's go Mm -hmm. I knew what to do and I knew what to expect Yeah, I mean, that's how, um, so I wasn't in musical and I wasn't very good at dancing. I did take a dance class for like a year and was not good, Um, but I did do color guard and my first year of color guard was, I was an alternate. So I didn't, most of the time I just kind of held our banner and stuff. Um, But every now and then, like if like somebody couldn't like perform or whatever, we would have to be ready to, but most of the time it was just you know, being in like the color guard practice and not having that pressure of like needing to have everything right, but being able to practice with everybody was really, really helpful and made me like way more comfortable for auditioning like the next year and actually making it onto like the color guard squad. So I agree. I think, you know, I hated it when I was like 
doing it because I was like, I, why am I even here? But it really did like help me more like be more comfortable when it came time for me to actually be on the squad and everything. So I get it. I probably like, it's probably a pretty similar experience. It's like a learning curve because you start out, it's like, it's like, you're really mad at first. It's like, Oh really? I just have to sit around here. And then you start to realize it's like, well, if I just jumped right into this, it would not like a lot of stuff could go wrong. Like, Mm-hmm. I just put me on the apprentice team because I wasn't like at my peak or like really starting to get the hang of dancing yet they were like whatever <laughs> that's really mean they probably weren't like that because my teachers are awesome <laughs> so when did you start dancing with your studio like how old were you there's a story behind this. Um, <laughs> so I've, the first the first time I started dancing with my studio now, um, I was like four and I did a little, I did a class, but I stayed there for half a year because I could not stand being away from my mother for that long. So I was <laughs> dancing there. I left and then I didn't dance again until I was like eight. And then I went to a Russian ballet studio then stayed there for one and a half years, also left again. And then I, a lot, this is a story, right? I went to a Russian ballet studio. I did the Nutcracker. It was something for certain. Yeah, that's that's an intense way to get back into dance is to go to a Russian ballet studio. Go to a Russian ballet studio. Very intense. I don't remember much of anything. Um, (laughs) I was like eight, so... Um, and then I stopped dancing there, but I did do the recital there for that year. And then I stopped dancing halfway through and my mom was like, you're never dancing again. And then I was like, please let me dance again. Like two years later, she was like, you're going to quit again. And I was like, no, no, I'm not. She was like, you are. And I was like, no. And she was like, fine, you can do the summer class. And she threw me in the summer class. <laughs> no. Uh, and then I did it. And I was like, I really like this. I really like this video. And newsflash, uh, <laughs> Newsflash? I don't know. Surprise, surprise. The studio I go to now is a studio I went to at four years old, so just a different location. But mm-hmm. I remember I went there for my first actual class. It was a hip-hop class with the studio owner. She also teaches classes. And she was like, do I know you from somewhere? And I was <laughs> like, I used to dance at the old place. I was like four, though. And she was like, I remember faces very well. I think I remember you. I was like, cool <laughs> yeah, dance instructors are crazy with how much like they remember because like my uh, again I did like a year of dance and I was awful at it and you know I just like wearing like the cute little leotard and stuff like that but my dance teacher like she still knows like we're Facebook friends now like how, like what <laughs> I was like five <laughs> and she like, still remembers me <laughs> I think I've observed with dance teachers, they can remember everything about you, but not your name. It'll take them like five months to learn your name and remember your name. But like, I'll go in the class and my teacher will be like, yeah, a girl that owned a dog at age four. I didn't, but I just made that up. Yeah. (laughs) You. And I was like, how do you know that, but not my name? I've never even told you that before. (laughs) Like they just simultaneously know everything about you, but not your name. (laughs) That's how band directors are too. They can like name the part that you play oh well the instrument the part that you play whether you can do like whatever like they can name all of that but they might not remember you (laughs) they'll be like oh yeah the green-haired one it's like I've been in your class for four years (laughs) like (laughs) how do you not remember my name yeah 
Well, cool. So you have such a like dance journey, like such a dramatic, like I will, you'll never dance again. Yes, I will. Like, <laughs> and look where we are still dancing. <laughs> It was, it was awesome. a dramatic journey. I would say I was a very dramatic child. Um, <laughs> so my mom was like, you're not going to dance again. I was like, no. Uh, and then it happened. So. You dramatic? No. Oh, uh, no, totally not. <laughs> it never be me. You're dramatic in like the best way though. Oh, thanks. I try <laughs> not to be dramatic in an annoying way. It can get that way sometimes. My mom is like, can you stop whining? And it's like, <sighs> Fine. Yeah, um, I, I never call you a drama queen, but you can be dramatic in like a like a theatrical way, you know. I'm a dramatic in a very loud way. <laughs> yes, I think theatrical is a nice way of saying that. <laughs> I was talking to my mom about that the other day. She was like, "You're very dramatic, not in a bad way. You're just dramatic." And I think she used the word like loud. And I was like, well, I always try not to be loud in an annoying way, but loud in an obnoxious way. (laughs) You you are aware that I am here, but I'm not annoying you. You're kind of like, okay, yeah, that's just Helena. And like, she's funny sometimes, cool. (laughs) I'm just very loud, but I'm very here. I just try not to annoy people. It's funny though to me because like, I feel like, you know, I, I see that with you, but like in school, you're quiet too like if you're not around your people you're very quiet I'm very much a person who is like if you're not gonna interact with me I'm not gonna interact with you and even if you do interact with me if I don't know you I probably won't interact with you um (laughs) I it all depends on who I'm around because I tend I get really uncomfortable around people I don't know so Mm -hmm. like new classes are always a really big struggle for me because like usually I'll find the one person I know and I'll sit next to them the entire year um and that's one of the, I mean, I know I've done that in your class. You yeah. sit in the back of the corner of the room. I remember I did that my first year in your class. You were like, okay, we have to arrange, re- rearrange seats because no one is doing anything. And I was like, can I please stay in the back corner? <laughs> Don't move me. And I remember you stayed with the one girl I was talking to in that class. Like we were still next to each other. Here's the one, one person I talked to that entire year. Yeah. I. So here's what most teachers usually do I'm gonna give you a clue you can probably already guess this but the kids that actually do their work we try to reward them with the seating the kids that don't do their work are the ones that generally move (laughs) so that's a little teacher tip because obviously they can't if they're not working it's not a good environment for them to be able to focus and stuff so if as long as you do your work you usually get to like stay with the people that you talk to so at least that's how I work. I'm all about get your work done and you're good. You're solid. So I feel like I, I, it's so weird because like for more, most people, it would be like, oh yeah, if you're with people that you'll like, you'll get your work done. I'm the exact opposite. If I'm around people that I like, I can't focus. I'm like, I want to talk to my friends. I get really all, I get all excited. I'm like, did you see this one post from like two years ago? And they're like, no, be quiet. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't focus but being in classes with no one I know I'm like sitting in the back corner and I'm like I'm chill I'm doing my work it just depends on how many people I know it depends on how much I'll focus <laughs> what's your favorite trend that's happening at the moment 
favorite trend? Oh no, I don't follow trends. I kind of just do what I want in the back corner. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of sit there and I'm like, yeah, you like Grey's Anatomy, Grey's Anatomy or whatever. Yeah, I'm just gonna sit back here and watch some Death Note. Like, <laughs> okay, hold on. How is Grey's Anatomy a trend with you? Like, because multiple people have talked about Grey's Anatomy being a thing. Grey's Anatomy started when like I was in middle school or like early high school. Twenty years. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know how people still like, I have so many friends that are like, did you see the newest episode of Grey's Anatomy? It's like, I'm watching anime from 2008. Like, no. Also, I, your age group is not who should be watching Grey's Anatomy. I never got it. I watched like one episode and I was like, how is this enjoyable? What is my favorite trend? Is there like a music trend or like a fashion trend or... Um, I kind of appreciate that alternative fashion is getting a little bit more time being a trend, but at the same time, I don't, because the entire point of alternative is to be against the norm and, like, not be normal, and it's okay to be normal, and they're kind of trying to normalize it, and that was, like, my entire thing was, like, I never liked trends, and then I found, like, alternative fashion, and I was, like, super into it, and I could finally, like, relate to something, um, and then now people are trying to make it normal, and I have, like, kids who I used to know, who I don't talk to anymore because I don't have to, um, who are like trying to follow the trend or the trends of being alternative. And I'm like, you laughed at me for wearing an MCR t-shirt. Like you can't, (laughs) you don't get to do that. Like that's not okay. (laughs) Like you don't get to bully people for like liking something and then go and act like you like it too. I agree. I agree. Our term for that uh, back in my day was poser. I don't know if that is still a thing, but. I think we've like come up with our own ways. We kind of just say fake. You're just. Yeah. It's like like you're talking to someone and it's like, oh, look at them. They have really cool style. And it's like, oh, I've talked to them before. They're fake. Um, It's this like, I don't think I've ever heard the word poser maybe once or twice but not nearly as much as I've heard other things <laughs> yeah I, like I said that was that was what it was back in my day so so it kind of makes me mad when people say this because it's usually not used correctly but like with anime people like with people who like anime with a lot of there's like the stereotype of like girls don't know anything about anime and they're only saying they like it to you know like have other people talk to them or whatever not usually true of course there's some people in every group who are like that but not usually true but a lot of the like people who believe that they call like any girl who's like doesn't watch Naruto is a poser like that's what they say like I've been asked that before and they're like do you watch Naruto and it's like no it, I I can't sit there for that long and watch like 200 episodes of the same thing over and over again <laughs> and they're like you're a poser and I'm like cool whatever I'm just gonna go back to watch no, like, I don't care so it's funny because it was more like it's anime seems to be the thing with that but like when I was in middle school it was skateboarding um so girls that were like like the boys that skated and stuff and you know I I may have been a little bit of one of them I was never good at skateboarding but I did like the skateboarding boys um was kind of a poser for not really being involved in the hobby but pretending that you liked it and stuff so that I was a little bit of that. I'll I'll have to admit it. <laughs> I hear people say that with like people who wear thrasher shirts. Mm-hmm. Like, if you wear a thrasher shirt, but not skate. You're such a poser. <laughs> I don't actually have a thrasher shirt. I have a parody thrasher shirt, and it says "send memes" on it. Uh, in the ah. 
Um, it's my only piece of yellow clothing. I love it to bits, but it's the only thing yellow that I own. So I normally don't wear it, but uh, I feel like people have looked at my shirt and not really read it. And they've been like, do you skate? And it's like, does it look like I skate? I, mean, <laughs> I like a good joke. And that's it. There's yeah. It. That's so funny. Um. And I, I heard you, you slipped in that MCR thing in there. I, like, I think the reason that you and I get along so well is because you remind me a lot of myself in middle school. Like, I loved my MCR. I loved, um, it, they're probably not relevant at all now, but like, you know, Good Charlotte and stuff and um, Fall Out Boy and like all of those. Yeah, I listen yeah. to all of those. I don't really like the like relevant things. Like relevant music kind of makes me uncomfortable because <laughs> I'm like listening to what they're saying and I'm like, are we just okay with this now? Like, I mean, you do what you want. If it's going to make you happy, I'm all for it. But like, that's just not my thing. I'd rather just sit in the back corner and listen to my music. Yeah. So guess what? We're not even halfway through this conversation. This is usually where I give a little bit of a wrap up on the interview, but this time I'm just going to say to please tune in for part two of this episode later this week. Have a marvelous day.